Amen. Good morning, everyone. Hey, good morning. Happy Monday. Welcome back after a great weekend. And uh, we are kicking off our annual week of prayer and service this week. And as we know that the week of prayer and service, um, the heart design behind it is to help foster and equip us for a life of prayer and service. And so we have a number of different things that are happening uh, this week. And just uh, keep uh, pay attention to what's happening each day. We have something significant and special happening each day, whether it's in chapel or um, outside of chapel. And as Christine already mentioned, if you haven't signed up to pack or to pray on Thursday, uh, you're going to want to do that. And we're going to be pray, uh, praying uh, snow or shine. Uh, so we do have some snow potentially coming. So pack up for the uh, sign up for the prayer walks and sign up uh, for the, the, the packing sessions. And so um, we are really uh, privileged and delighted uh, both today, tonight, and tomorrow to have Pastor Al and Chrissy Toledo with us. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, Pastor Al as he'll be sharing with us t- uh, this morning. And then both Pastor Al and Christy are going to be uh, with us tonight in Naz Great Room from 6.30 to 8 p.m., uh, for a time of sharing, testimony, Q&A, and prayer. Uh, chapel credit will be offered for that. Um, so 6.30 to 8 p.m. And uh, excited to see many of you uh, there tonight. So Pastor Al uh, and Chrissy Toledo were both born and raised in New York City. Uh, but Pastor Al, who we'll be hearing from this morning, and then um, Chrissy tomorrow. Uh, but, but Pastor Al was born of Cuban parents, of Cuban descent, was headed for a promising career as a professional baseball player, uh, when the Lord radically revealed himself t- uh, to him on the baseball field. So after being drafted by a Major League Baseball team and pa- playing college baseball, uh, Pastor Al began attending the Brooklyn Tabernacle and soon felt God calling him to ministry. And in 1990, he attended Bible College and then soon thereafter began serving in full-time ministry. And both uh, Pastor Al and Chrissy um, are the lead pastors at the Chicago Tabernacle. And uh, so we're really delighted to have them with us. And would you please give a warm Northwestern welcome to Pastor Al Toledo as he comes to stage. All right. And would you please uh, uh, lift a hand up as we pray over Pastor Al and a hand up as we pray for ourselves. Father in heaven, thank you that you are the one who has called us higher and the one who takes us deeper. I pray that the words that we just sung, that that would become a reality. Thank you for bringing Pastor Al and Chrissy Toledo here to Northwestern, that we can partner together. And even right now, I pray that you would fill our dear brother with your spirit. pray that you would anoint his words, that he would be a pure channel of your grace to flow through. And Father, may our hearts be healthy, good, receptive soil to take in all of what you will say in and through your servant, and that it would grow and produce fruit for your glory. Lord, thank you for this day, thank you for this week, and thank you for this opportunity that you have given us to gather together and to encounter you in community. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Good morning, everyone. Praise the Lord. It's such an honor for uh, my wife and I to be here with you, especially for the week of prayer. Prayer has... um, really shaped our lives, and um, my wife and I, we've been married 26 years, we've got three kids, we've got three grandkids, I just want her to stand real quickly, could you give a hand to my wifey? And um, the reason why being here for this week is so special to us is because of the impact that prayer has had on our lives 
it's been so significant. And I was telling my wife this morning that I feel like my whole journey with the Lord has been from one prayer to another. Um, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. I grew up in the ghetto, like the hood hood. I'm talking about um, all kinds of violence, drugs. I had a bunch of my friends died of AIDS. A bunch of them went to prison. And um, I was fortunate because my dad loved baseball and he gave me a love for baseball. And I discovered that, you know, I was blessed. I was really talented. By the time I was 17 years old, I uh, was one of the, I was slated to, I was one of the top 25 high school prospects in the nation. I was slated to go super high in the draft. And um, I started to get nervous. I was getting full scholarship offers from all over the country. I was being talked to by scouts, actually since I was a freshman in high school. And I'd lived my whole life for the moment when I could get drafted and buy my mother a house and get us out of the hood and all those things. So I got a little bit nervous the week, a week or two before I, um, we started our, our first year of our uh, first game of the high school season. And I said a little prayer and then I went to the field the day of and I said a prayer. So real quickly. So the first time I ever met Jesus, I hadn't heard the gospel. I didn't grow up in church, but I prayed a prayer on the baseball field. And when I prayed the Lord, the sweet mist of heaven, it just swept over my soul and I was born again right there. And I was throwing 92 miles an hour that day. The scouts were there. Everybody was excited. I was striking people out. And I just sat on the bench and I was like in a daze. They said, leave him alone. He's, he's in the zone. But I wasn't in the zone. I was like, I couldn't believe that Jesus was real. And, um, and the innings went on and on. And I'm just playing. And people think I'm in the game. But I, was not, I wasn't even there. All I could think about was the fact that Jesus was real. It's too long of a soap opera. But um, I, I got an injury in my leg. And then I didn't really pitch much that year, but I was such a high prospect, I still got drafted by the White Sox. And after a long journey, I quit. Um, I quit baseball and, you know, then I wanted to kind of serve the Lord. When I wanted to serve the Lord, I met a, a guy named Jimmy. He was a police officer in New York. He worked in Central Booking. He locked up some of the most uh, famous criminals in New York City at the time. Jimmy was a Christian. And I learned how to pray from Jimmy. And so I was, I was your age when I really learned how to pray. It was this season of life. And, um, and I was, I, me personally, I was just kind of lost. I wasn't in school like you guys. I was kind of lost. And I meet this police officer. And uh, he, he was a very serious, godly guy. And he taught me how to pray. And here's how he taught me how to pray. We would go for walks. We're both single, and uh, um, sometimes we were hanging out at night, and we would go for walks in a park. It was a real dangerous park, but it didn't matter because he was packing. And so, <laughs> so it was all good, you know what I mean? <laughs> so we would go for, this, for a walk, and Jimmy would start to pray. This is how I learned how to pray. And I hope if you 
are close to God. I hope you inspire other people to get close to God too. So Jimmy knew how to pray, and so Jimmy would just start walking and praying. We'd be walking in the park, and it'd be late at night, and he would just start walking, and I would walk with him and be like, okay, and he would just start worshiping God. He'd start saying, Lord, I praise you, I love you, I, I thank you. And he'd start talking to God. By the way, you know what prayer is, right? Prayer is talking to God. And then God talks to you. And as he would start talking to God and walking, all of a sudden, we would, I, I remember feeling like a wall of the presence of God would be there. And that's how I learned how to pray, walking with one of my friends. And then as he did it, I learned to do that. And then I went to Bible college for a year. And when I went to Bible college, that's kind of where my wife and I fell in love. I started going for walks too. And I started to talk to God. And I, when I was in Bible college, I took a real personal struggle. I had a real personal private struggle. And it was on a prayer walk that God broke something off of me and I didn't battle with it anymore. The Lord set me free. He touched me on a walk. And uh, it, was, it was at that college where I prayed. I was like, Lord, please let this girl be the one. She's the one I want. And he answered that prayer, too. Come on, guys. God is good. Amen. And so, so it's just been a journey my whole life, guys. We've been pastoring a church for 17 years now. And we're in, we're in a, kind of a tough area as well in Chicago. And it's just we have a prayer meeting on Tuesday nights. We call it the most important meeting of the week. We cry out to God, God moves in power, and amazing things happen. So, I want to share with you, in a sense, a very simple passage, Mark chapter 1, a few verses. One of the first things that the Lord ever taught me about prayer is, is still true today. And I pray that, everybody look at me for a second, I pray that you would really pay attention for the next few moments. You're going to be gone in 20 minutes. But I'm telling you right now, okay, there's nothing more wonderful, there's nothing more powerful than having a personal, a personal meeting with God. And you can have it on a continual basis. What I want to talk to you about is Three things that we can only get when we pray. Three things, very quickly here. Mark chapter 1, we're going to put this verse up. Listen to this. This is a day in the life of Jesus, and it should be a day in everyone's life. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he, everyone, prayed. Even Jesus prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let's go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. Oh, snap, Jesus is dissing the people because the people are calling him here. He says, no, I'm going someplace else. This is important. 
And then it says, that is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. So the Bible says in James, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. And when you draw near to God, there are three things that you can get from God. Super practical. But I'm telling you right now, every single one of us needs this every single day. Okay? So let's walk through this. Number one, when you pray, when you talk to God, when you take the time to really focus your heart and your mind and your energy on Jesus, the Lord and Savior, when you do that, here's what happens. Number one, we gain authority over the voices of this world. We have to get authority over voices. P people came to Jesus and said, everyone is looking for you, but Jesus was able to listen to a different voice. And you see, when, when uh, we pass, as pastors, while we're counseling people, when you look at the statistics, when you look at the rate of depression, the rate of discouragement, the, the rate of unhappiness, even in young people. You know why that is? Is because young people or older people are not getting the victory over the voices. Every one of us has to deal with voices. We have voices of the past. We have the voice of the enemy. We have voices of insecurity. But there is a greater voice that can shut down all of those voices. There's a voice. You can, get, you can spend time with Jesus today. You could be depressed. You could be discouraged. What is so powerful about belonging to Jesus is that you can go into the presence of Jesus one way, down, discouraged, empty, hurting, and you can get up and walk out in a completely different place. How many would say amen to that? You see, Jesus meant for us to connect with him. When you connect with Jesus, you start to take charge of all of the voices that are swirling around you. And let me tell you something. A morning of prayer will secure a day of authority. So take that. Put it into practice. It's instant. Now, you will grow. You will grow as you pray. But let me tell you something, the moment you start to pray, the moment you start to walk in greater victory and greater authority. If you're one of those people who battles with insecurity, I struggled a great deal with insecurity in my life. I'm telling you right now, nothing will make you strong in the Lord like a moment in the presence of Jesus. So the first thing is we've got to get authority. Do you realize the seductive and powerful voices of this world and the flesh are what bring people down. Some people live with condemnation, but the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation. If you battle with guilt, if you battle with shame, there is a voice that can drive out that guilt and that shame. And it's time in the presence of Jesus. The Bible says, Thou, O Lord, are a shield about me. You're my glory and the lifter of my head. And so you know what I prayed this morning? I prayed that somebody who's really in the battle, okay? And here's the funny thing about life. It doesn't change. Yo, you guys are so beautiful and handsome. You look so good. Go ahead and say amen to that. 
right? Yeah, you look so good, but you may not feel so good on the inside. You see? And the truth of the matter is, I'm going to tell you right now, nothing on the outside in the long run, long run will ever really make you be at peace except the presence of Jesus. And so number one, when you start to really just spend time with the Lord, you get authority over the voices. And I pray today that you would get victory over the voices. Do you know this past week we had a woman in our church actually she was baby christian somebody in our church met her she works at a hotel at the front desk met her encouraged her to come to church and she said you know i got baptized once but i really haven't been going to church i haven't been serving god she said you got to start coming to church you got to connect and you got to start coming to our prayer meeting so she came to the prayer meeting and this was two weeks ago this is fresh Two weeks ago, she came to the prayer meeting, and the Lord spoke to her at the prayer meeting. And she said, I'm not right with God. And I've been living with this man for 10 years, and I have two children, but I know that this is a no-win situation. And she prayed for two more days. She got the courage. She got the authority. And she said, to, she spoke to him. He's moving out, and she's living a brand new life, and she's trusting God. Because in a moment of prayer, he spoke to her. When you really pray, there's a, authority turns into decisions that you make. And God can do that for our lives. Amen? Amen. Number two. Okay, when we spend time with God, we not only get authority over voices, but we get assurance of God's plan and purpose. Notice what Jesus said. He said, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I could preach there also. That is why I have come. Part of the reason why we pray, part of the reason why this week is so important is because you want to learn the that is why of God for your life. God can give you an assurance of his plan and of his purpose there's a, what is assurance? Assurance is the clarifying confidence of God's will, purpose, and backing of God in your journey. There's something awesome when you feel like, guess what? God's got my back. How many feel like God's got your back? That's an assurance that God gives you when you spend time with him. You know, one of the guys on staff, is, he's a, Pastor Edgar is his name. So he was a rising star at Homeland Security and uh, um, was being offered a huge position. And instead of getting like a, a double pay raise, he came on staff and took a pay cut, a half pay cut. And um, I remember him saying, how am I going to make it? How am I going to do it? And I said, look, if God calls you, he will take care of you. And so, this is one of my favorite stories. So, Edgar gets married. He comes on staff. He gets married. As soon as he gets married, they're, they're married like three months. They're pregnant. So, he just took a 50% pay cut. Now he's married. Now he's pregnant. And twins. <laughs> oh, snap. So anyway, he goes to get a van. I, you know what I love about the Lord? It's the Lord is so 
real time in real life. So real time. So he goes to get a van and, and things are kind of tight. And he's like telling the guy, this is the van I want. And the guy gives him the price. He says, well, I can't afford that. And so the guy says to him, uh, the guy says to him, what do you do? He says, well, I'm in the ministry. He goes, really? Make a long story short, it turns into like a two-hour counseling session. <laughs> so when they're done, he says, okay, I'm going to go. The guy says, no, what about the van? He goes, I can't afford that. He says, no, I can't let you walk out of here. I have to help you. What's your price? I'm going to give you this van for your price no matter what. And just one of like dozens of examples in Edgar's life, God said, do what I told you to do. This is the why, and I will take care of you. And let me tell you what I'm praying for. I'm praying that you would get God's assurance of his plan and his purpose for your life. Because when you can walk out of this place today knowing God's got my back. How many want to know God's got your back? How many would say amen to that? He's got your back. He's with you. And he'll help you no matter what you're facing. But you got to connect with him. Amen? And then here's the last thing. And maybe our sister could come and just strum on the guitar. We don't have too much time here. Here's the last thing. And when you, when you are called to serve God, you are called to make a difference. How many want to make a difference? Men? Yeah, it's okay. Go ahead and clap your hands. It's cool. You won't break. Go, go. Put your hands together. Yes. Yes. Come on. Let's get a little excited in here, guys. Wake up. It's not breakfast. When you want to make a difference, here's how God helps you to make a difference. He puts an anointing on your life. It's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit, says the Lord. So look at this. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and driving out demons. So Jesus said no to the voices. He got God's, that is why. And then he said, let's go over there. And when he went over there, he went over there because God wanted him to make a difference. When I think about the world that God wants to cut you loose upon, you know why you have chapel here all the time? You know why you're at this school? It's because God wants to deposit something in you, and then he wants to cut you loose on this world. How many believe he wants to set you on fire and cut you loose upon this world? God wants to use you to make a difference. Well, God can put in you what is needed to drive back the devil. God can put in you what is needed to drive back darkness. He can give you whatever you need to make that difference. The anointing of God is greater than every lie and every force of this world. How do you get it? You just spend time with the Lord. You get in his presence. We're going to pray in just one minute. I'm going to tell you one last story. So we got a young man who went into the police academy and um, this is such a cool story. He's about 24, he's 24 years old. 
His goal is to be the chaplain of the Chicago Police Department one day. So he's in the police academy, and he, uh, they're about to graduate, and he says, he comes to us and says, hey, can I bring some of my classmates after we graduate? We're going into Chicago. You know how crazy Chicago is. We need prayer. Cool, bring them. Well, we didn't know, but he made flyers. He had a whole event scheduled at our church without even telling us. So he told everyone, told all kinds of people, put flyers out for CPD. Well, it turns out that his classmate is the son of the top cop of Chicago. The son tells his dad, hey, dad, I'm going to a prayer meeting on Tuesday night. They're going to pray over some of the cadets. He says, really? Well, I'm going too. Lo and behold, we have a prayer meeting. We have the top brass of, of, of the city of Chicago, the police department. We had about 60 or 70 cadets, all of these people, all of these uniforms. We call up the top cop. I laid hands on him. We prayed over him that God would protect him, that God would use him, deliver him from evil. And then all of these all of these cadets, they just graduated. We're laying hands. I'm praying. And while I'm praying, I'm, I go this way, and I bump into someone. I'm like, oh, my God, what is that? I hit some iron. Turns out that the top cop is praying for people, too. I bumped into his gun. I was like, oh, snap, only in Chicago. <laughs> only in Chicago stuff like that happens. But listen, you see that young man? Just an average kid, average young person. And you know what he does? He spends time with Jesus. I'm telling you right now. Would you spend time with Jesus because he wants to use your life to make a difference? How many, how many would say, yes, Lord, use my life to make a difference? Could I see your hands? All right. I'm going to ask you to do something. Stand to your feet. So look. Sometimes people ask me, well, how do you pray? Well, I read the Bible in the morning, and then I'm sitting there. I have coffee. I got my robe on 99% of the time. I'm a robe guy. But at a certain point, the Bible says, let men everywhere lift up holy hands. Do you, you look, I'm a kid from the ghetto, okay? No, very not a lot of education. If you knew the places that God took me, it makes no sense. But let me tell you how God has done it day after day. It's like this. I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I need you. Sometimes, God, forgive me. Wash me with your blood, God. Forgive me. Other times, Lord, help me. God, help me. God, God, Get that out of my mind. Get that out of my life. Get that out of my heart. You come just as you are. He wants to meet you. He wants to give somebody authority. He wants to give someone assurance. He wants to impart anointing right now. So look, for the next few moments, just close your eyes. Indulge me today. Close your eyes for a minute. Don't be so cool. Guys, listen. Here's, don't worship God like this. Come on, lift your hands. That's all right. Don't worry. You won't get arthritis or anything, I promise. <laughs> Close your eyes for a minute. Jesus, we love you. 
time and then we're going to pray everyone. Jesus, we love you. Hallelujah. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our, our hearts adore. Jesus, Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one a heart to door. Put your put your hand on your heart. I'm gonna pray, then we're gonna close in prayer together. Father, we come in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for this week of prayer. And I thank you that you promise in your word to draw near to any heart that draws near to you. And right now, Lord, we give you our hearts. We say, have your way with our lives, oh God. We surrender to you and your presence, your lordship, your might, your almightiness. Your greatness and your glory, we surrender right now. And we say, have your way, God. Lord, we pray right now that if anyone is battling with voices, with negativity, with discouragement, with doubt, Father, in the name of Jesus, God. God, would you silence those voices, oh God. Would you silence them right now and would you fill hearts with joy and peace instead of negativity and doubt in the name of Jesus? God, I pray right now for that person who needs a, a fresh sense of assurance, a sense that you've, you've called them here and you've got their back and you're going you're gonna to grow them here and use them here. Father, in the name of Jesus, put a holy that is why in every heart. And God, I pray that you would deposit right now by your mighty power a special grace, a special anointing to make a difference. Do it, oh God. And so here's how we're going to close. I always push people. Take someone's hand right now. Come on, let me push you a little bit more. Take someone's hand. Okay? And here's what I want you to do. We're going to close in prayer right now, but I want, you to, I want you to pray this. Lord, you know what they need whether it be authority, assurance, or anointing. Give my brother, give my sister. Come on, pray for just a minute. Go ahead, open your mouth. This is my house shall be called a house of prayer. This is the Lord's house right now. Lord, I pray, God, I pray that you would set, Lord, a revival on this campus where students will pray one for another just the way they're holding hands right now. May they hold hands and pray. 
And would you impart whatever is needed, God, whatever is needed today, would you meet your people where they are in the name of Jesus? Even if there's darkness, even if there's sin, God, would you meet them by your mighty power, oh God? And would you bring a turnaround? So God, we thank you. We praise you. I pray that these students would not walk out of their rooms in the morning without authority, assurance, and anointing. And I thank you for these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Could we put our hands together and clap for the Lord? Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you.